ideas, stories, characters, scripts. Please make this. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another Please Make This mini-sode. My name is Laura Petro, and I'm going to be your host for this one. I am losing my voice a little bit. All of these weather changes in Chicago are screwing with my immune system. So I feel like I've been having a new cold or cough every other week now. Uh, And that's been very fun for me. So I've been sounding like this on and off for a little bit of time now. But I digress. Let's get into this mini-sode. So I did a few months ago in honor of my other podcast, Yahweh Reddit, ending their first season. I wrote a fan fiction uh, that would apply to the Click series, which me and my co-host, Maggie Gates, we read in its entirety. And I figured in honor of our third season launching this coming Wednesday, I figured it would be a good opportunity to step back into the world of fan fiction. And for our second season, we read The Uglies Trilogy by Scott Westerfeld. And we're about to read the private series, but I didn't want to leave Uglies World in the dust because Maggie and I, uh, I told them about a fan fiction I wanted to do. And I now is the time to do it before I get completely sucked into uh, private. So I want to give you guys a little bit of background about Uglies. For those of you who know nothing about it, there is a series in production right now for this to come out on Netflix. And I'm so excited. And I think we'll do another mini so, you know, if and when that comes out because Joey King is in it and lots of good names tied to it. And this book trilogy really, really reads like a television show, like a movie wouldn't do it justice. But anyway, let me get into this fan fiction because we need to do some backstory before we decide what we're going to do with this, or at least for what I decided to do with this. So in Uglies, we follow Tally Youngblood, who is about to turn 16. She's going to get this pretty surgery, which everybody gets when they're 16. Um, she finds out her friend Shay before her 16th birthday is running away to this place called the smoke. And then Tally is soon sucked into this, uh, adventure to try and bring her friend Shay back because the government's trying to take down the smoke and everything it stands for. We learned that, you know, the government's in a lot more charge of people than we think they are. And that this pretty surgery is actually a way for the government to control people's brains And so the entire series as a whole follows Tally as she's kind of trying to take down the government from the inside. And it's a super, super fun trilogy. And then there's a fourth book called Extras, which I'll talk about in a little bit. That has nothing to do with what I talked about in my fan fiction. But there's one character in particular that I think is so, so fascinating in this world. It is Dr. Cable. And Dr. Cable is in charge of special circumstances. So there's basically um, three types of, you know, I guess there's more types of people. There's littlies who are the little people, like not little people. There's the littlies who are the like children. Uh, They are, you know, children's like, you know, fourth graders and below. And then we have the uglies, which is kind of when you hit puberty. You have pretties, which is the surgery you get when you're 16. The middlies, which is what happens when you're not a pretty any longer. And then you have crumblies, which are the elderly, elderly people. But then there are people called specials. And these are people who have also had a different surgery. So instead of looking pretty, they have all these like sharp, almost wolf-like 
uh, predatorial type features. And Dr. Cable is in charge of special circumstances. It is implied that she is the one who decided to make specials what they are. And so she's the one who enlists Tally. She blackmails her into uh, helping them find the smoke. And Dr. Cable follows us through the rest of the books as well. Uh, she pops up here and there. She's always a very menacing, very terrifying presence. Uh, and we we only get snippets of her. And I think she is so, so fascinating um, because, you know, she's just such a good villain. She's, you know, she's a three-dimensional villain, which is great. And at no point do you even empathize with her. Even in like the third book, she has her fall from glory and you you still hate her at the end. It's nice that I, I think it's really good that Scott Westerfeld didn't try to like be like, but she's not so bad after all. It's like, no, she was bad and she got what was coming to her because at the end of the third book, she essentially saves Tally, who, spoiler alert, has become a special herself. Um, and she prevents Tally from getting the surgery that's no longer going to make Tally special, basically because in some weird twisted way, she wants one of her, you know, Frankenstein's monster creations to stay alive. And I really, really wanted to hear more of where Dr. Cable came from, because we learn, I think, in the second book that Dr. Cable says that, you know, she was not unlike Tally. When she was an ugly, she was always going out and breaking the rules, too. And with this fourth book, I really, really was hoping it was going to be more tied to the this world and maybe focus on a character we only saw briefly in Tally's eyes. Um, but the fourth book is very, very weird. It takes place like 20, 30 years after what's happened with Tally. And it's just a whole different book. It doesn't make any sense. It feels very appropriative too. It, it it just sucked. It was boring. I hated it. I'm sorry if you're a listener who knows exactly what I'm talking about, who has read extras and loves it. Uh, it also felt like it was written by a ghostwriter. So I had a very, very big issue with it. But I, I personally think that this world of uglies and this uh, beloved trilogy and, you know, canon fourth book, whatever, I think Dr. Cable does need a villain origin story. I know Hobart doesn't love villain origin stories, but I think Dr. Cable really could use one, especially in the world of literature. So going into this, I want to give some backstory for what I think this fan fiction would be, because obviously I only wrote a little snippet of it. Um, so I think that we need to explore the smoke a little bit more too. That's this village out in the world wilderness. So here's what I have. So in the first book, we do learn, you know, that the smoke has existed in secret for decades. And it's where a bunch of people have run away to kind of invade the government's control of them. They're running away from this pretty surgery. And throughout the series, it becomes basically the main city versus the smoke. Uh, it's very like literal, like government versus the people. Um, and originally, Tally is obviously blackmailed to bring her friend Shay back there. So in my world, I, I I have to think that there's a really big reason that Dr. Cable wants to de destroy the smoke so bad. So for this fan fiction in this world that I, I wanted to write, I believe that the reason that Dr. Cable is so dead set on destroying the smoke 
is because that she was there when she was Tally's age and something happened to her, forcing her to come back to the city where she eventually came back, had to start special circumstances and vowed to destroy the smoke at all costs. So I again, I only wrote a, you know, a little bit of this. I don't have enough free time to write, you know, chapters and chapters and chapters, but I would have let the record show that I would have done that. Uh, for my general plot, I I think that Dr. Cable comes from a family of city officials. In my in my version of this book, I think her dad would be a city official. I think she runs away to the smoke after hearing rumors of it, and she wants to find the truth behind why people leave. I think in this world, she really wants to be some sort of you know reporter, newscaster. She loves to you know learn and find you know the truth behind these things, and I think she has the means to do this because she comes from. A uh, wealthy upbringing with her dad being a city official. I think near the end, the smoke ends up, ba- you know, banishing Dr. Cable because they know with her there, the government's always going to be looking for this place and trying to destroy it. And I think that that would be a catalyst for Dr. Cable to become the person that she becomes. So, with that broad overview, I did write just a little bit. I know I keep saying that, but I did. I only wrote a few pages of this. I wanted it to be where Dr. Cable had been here for maybe a month or two. She's, you know, in the smoke. The smoke is very much just started. They're barely making it a community so far, and they're kind of working to build it up to be a little town. And she's kind of contemplating Is she happy here? Is she maybe trying to find a way for both these places to exist? She's kind of finding that she likes the smoke a lot more than she was anticipating because she stayed here a lot longer than she thought she would, not unlike Tally in the first book. So again, without further ado, I want to read my very short fan fiction for Smokies, which would be the unofficial fan fiction for Uglies, Pretty, Specials, and Extras. And it's going to follow follow Dr. Marcella Cable. And note that she was never given a name in the book. I checked the wikis for the Uglies world, and I felt like Marcella fit the best. So that's what I've decided. And nobody can argue with me on that because this is my fan fiction. Okay, here we go. Marcella tightened her grasp on the hammer in her hand. After the months she'd been living in the smoke, she was getting better at construction, but still wasn't much compared to the other builders. But with the team they'd assembled to build the shelter, finally build a home for everyone here, they'd gotten a lot further. Hey, Cable. Marcella turned to see Boss smiling down at her. Her opinion of him was changing rapidly. Something about being away from the city, away from schooling, where they were always in a steady competition with each other. Something about the way he was smiling at her... Marcella shook her head quickly, very much trying to squash whatever smiley feelings she was having right now. Feeling for someone, feelings for someone out here in the smoke felt so trivial and unimportant. That's not what she was here for. She wanted to fit in, needed to fit in. If she wanted to find the story here, that's what she needed to put first. And if she got something good enough for the news to put out, well, the possibilities were endless. Marcella smiled to herself as she ran through her daydreams of reporting for the news and getting to split time between working in the city and living out in the wild. And somewhere in that dream, Boss was there too, but she didn't need to tell anybody that. She met Boss's gaze once again, still smiling. She smirked back, trying not to look too eager. What's up, Boss? I want to show you something, if you have a second. Marcella looked down. Still plenty of work to do. Come on, Marcella. 
You're allowed to take a break for a little bit out here for once. Swirling thoughts of city life immediately filled her head. Her dad, the beloved mayor of the city, always pinging her through her interface ring, always checking in on her each night to make sure she was in at, at the dorms, always knowing everything about how she was doing in school despite never telling him. He cared so much and it made her feel so overwhelmed. Trying to please him and everyone else and be at the top and the best at everything really didn't warrant breaks. She couldn't help get a little sad thinking about what was going through his mind that he hadn't heard from her in so long. She'd left a note promising she'd be back soon, but she hadn't expected to stay out here as long as she had. She'd hoped he would understand, hoped he trusted her, and most of all, hoped he wasn't leading a search for her. The last thing she needed was a bunch of city officials busting in on the smoke. Marcella finally stood up and faced Boss, looking him directly in the eyes. He was so different out here. Everything about him seemed happier, more alive than when they were in the city together. Maybe she was happier out here, too. He quickly took her hand and pulled her off. She tried to ignore the feeling of lots of little electricity bolts dancing through her arm and into her body. Where are we going? It's a surprise. Trust me, you're going to love it. He pulled her over to the clearing where all the hoverboards were charging in the sun and started closing the panels on his. Do we have to use a board? I'm still not very good with. Her voice trailed off as she remembered the trek it had been to get out here. The constant footing adjusting, the sharp pull from the crash bracelets every time she fell from the board, the queasy feeling she felt whenever she went too fast on it. The normal week-long journey it took most people to get out here took her twice as long. Boss smiled at her again. Well, we're going to have to fix that, but for now, let's just both go on mine. He reached out his hand and Marcella stepped on the board, uneasy at first. Was she ever going to get used to these things? Boss placed his hands on it, her waist to steady her as the board lifted up. It's okay, I got you, he said, as, uh, he said softly as he edged the board forward and zipped it off into the forest. Marcella tried to keep her eyes open as they tried to keep her eyes open as the wind whipped past the both of them. The dizzy and queasy feeling was just barely starting to feel like it was turning into fun. Boss was even more impressive on a hoverboard than she would have thought, quickly weaving up and around trees, slowly slowing and speeding up as he maneuvered the board methodically on their way to wherever they were going. Being out here felt so different from what school had taught her about the wilderness. School had always talked about how unlivable and dangerous the world outside the cities were, but it was starting to feel a lot more freeing than scary. She found herself smiling as she felt the clean air around her. Eventually, Boss brought the board to a stop and lowered it back down on the ground. They both got off. Laid out in front of them was a clearing with a small tent and fire pit with a low smoke still coming out from it, where the fire was recently put out. And behind the tent was the side of a mountain. The blue rocks at the base of it formed the entryway for a small cave. It looked like something straight out of a Little East storybook. This is where I've been staying lately, Boss beamed confidently. Home sweet home. Marcella tried to piece it together, but it still wasn't making any sense. Why would anyone want to stay all the way out here, away from everyone at the smoke? It's not that I love being away from everyone, but I need to preserve the project I'm working on. I've been really wanting to show you. He started making his way towards the opening in the cave. She followed unsure of what he could possibly need to show her, but he stopped a few, way f he stopped a few feet away from it. Okay, close your eyes. She closed them and he grabbed both of her shoulders and started leading her into the cave. She felt the darkness surround them. 
All right, now give me a second. No peeking. They both laughed. I promise I'm not going to look. She heard a faint click and then a soft glowing near her, and then another, and then another. Soon the cave didn't feel dark at all anymore, and the low hum of lights were, uh, was all she could hear. That should do it. She could feel Boss's body next to her again. Open your eyes. Marcella's eyes took a second to adjust to the dull light. Solar lanterns were lined up around the walls of the cave, illuminating the stacks and stacks of paper. She couldn't quite remember the name of what she was looking at, but knew that they were made of paper. No one used paper anymore. She remembered someone in school coming in to talk about rusty history, and they brought two of these things for the students to look at. But this was hundreds and hundreds of whatever those were. What is all of this? Isn't it amazing, Marcella? You're looking at what will be the smoke's very own library. That was another word that sounded familiar to her. I'm sorry, I'm not quite following. What would the smoke need with all these? I I can't remember what these are called. Boss let out a small laugh. Marcella smiled back at him. These, he gestured generously with his hands. All of these are books and magazines and dictionaries and encyclopedias. He was losing her again. These are the things the Rusties used to keep information in and keep stories in before technology took over. Marcella walked over to a stack. The top magazine looked brand new, a woman smiling on the front with bright colors and lots of text surrounding her. She couldn't imagine these these things ever being popular. Boss, how did you get all of these? She then turned to face him as he strained out one of the stacks near him. He cared so much about all of these stacks of paper. My grandfather's father used to run the old, one of the old museums. These had been in their storage for decades, so he eventually just took them and no one seemed to notice. Okay, but how did you get them all out here? Now that she thought about it, it would be nearly impossible that he could have gotten all of this out here alone on one hoverboard. But knowing boss, she wouldn't have been surprised. I got some help from some friends in my old dorm. Took us a few trips over a couple weeks. I really thought they'd come out here with us, but they didn't seem to see any point in leaving the city. I tried, though. Really tried to get them out here, but they said it wasn't all for them. He gestured around it everything around him. Does it really matter, though? I mean, the city isn't so bad, and maybe they'll change their mind. Yeah, maybe. He looked down sadly. Out of everyone, I really thought my brother was going to come, but he just really wanted the pretty surgery, wanted to see what all the fuss was about. Marcella took a few steps over to him and put her hand comfortably on his arm. He could still come, If it makes you feel better, I never thought I would leave to come out to a place like this, and here I am. If I'm being honest, you're the last person I would expect to come out to the smoke, Marcella. Yeah, me too, if I'm also being honest. Marcella could feel the warmth of his body as he smirked down at her. She tried to keep her composure, as she knew she would probably tell him why she came out here in the first place, and it would either go one of two ways. He'd respect her for trying to put a news story together about life outside the city, or he'd hate her for possibly trying to exploit the place that the people here were trying to make a home. The more she thought about it, she wondered if the city would be okay with a place like the smoke existing. Maybe they'd shut the whole thing down and it'd all be her fault. She didn't have time to keep thinking about these outcomes. Something she knew she was unfortunately very good at because Boss was now even closer to her. Both his hands gently on her lower arms, pulling him closer to her, 
She was leaning into him too. A few months ago, the thought of being anywhere near boss would have irritated her more than anything in the world. Last year, they were partnered up on a school assignment and had resorted to doing their work separately because that's how much they didn't get along. But everything was different now. And just like that, they were kissing in a cave surrounded by old books and magazines. Everything about it felt so romantic, but it shouldn't have. But to Marcella, for some reason, it did. They finally pulled away from each other and just stood there smiling. It's funny because I always thought you hated me, he said softly. I really used to not like you at all, she grinned back at him. Yeah, I guess I used to not like you very much either, but that's not the case anymore. He quickly kissed her again and then pulled her over to one of the stacks to tell her all about what it was made up of. They sat on the floor of the cave and she listened to every word he had to say. They laughed and held hands and he somehow knew every single detail about the contents of what would be the smoke's library. At some point, the daylight had turned to nighttime. Boss had made them dinner by the fire and they now sat around it for warmth, talking, laughing, smiling. Marcel had completely forgotten that she was supposed to be working with the builders all day. Oh no, she got up quickly. Are they going to be mad that I never came back? No, it's okay. I'll tell them you were helping me out here. She smiled and sat back down. After dinner, they laid outside and looked up at the stars. They talked more about their families, their lives back in the city, and the people back at camp. It all felt so easy. Good and easy. Something Marcella really wasn't used to lately. Or ever. With everything they had talked about, in the back of Marcella's head, she kept wondering if she should tell him about the news story she was trying to put together. But doing that would take away from the good she was feeling right now. She decided it could wait. Who knows? She might never even write the report anyway. And that's it. That's my fan fiction that I've written for Uglies, the Uglies trilogy plus the canon fourth book. And I also should have mentioned Boss is a character in the first book that we meet that lives out in the smoke and he runs the library. And I realized in my research for writing this fan fiction that they would have been about the same age so that's why I made them kind of love interest because I thought that'd be a fun dynamic to explore. But thank you for listening to this. Please make this mini sode. Uh, and thank you for entertaining my step into the fan fiction world. I uh, can't promise I'm not going to do this again because it very well might be coming to your ears very, very soon. As always, we are part of the Machine Culture Podcast Network. Definitely check out there for other cool and fun podcasts. I also recommend, highly recommend, I should say, that you follow us on Instagram at Please Make This and on TikTok at Please Make This and Twitter at PMT Podcast. But that's been it for this episode of Please Make This. Thank you guys so much. I really appreciate it.